Auntie Jill Gallagher, CEO of Victorian Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation, is a respected Aboriginal leader who has dedicated her entire life to advocating for community. Auntie Jill is joining us on NITV Radio to update us on uh, upcoming uh, Victorian Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation events, including the upcoming Elders Summit, and also reflect on Voice to Parliament. Welcome to NITV Radio, Auntie Jill. Well, thank you for uh, having me on and, and having a yarn with me. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, actually longing to catch up with you and uh, have a conversation. Uh, you've been uh, active, leading and guiding the community for many years now uh, through the treaty talks in uh, Victoria or even steering uh, virtue in the right direction. And the voice to Parliament has been in discussion for many years now. And uh, it gained momentum in 2017 with uh, the Uluru Statement from the Heart. And it gained even more strength when uh, the Albanese government announced uh, it would take the question to the people through a referendum and actually amend the constitution to make it a reality. And now, just yesterday, the actual date of the referendum was announced. Well, I mean, it's great now that the um, it's now official. Uh, the 14th of October is when we go to the polls. I think that's uh, really good. We all know we've only got a um, uh, not a lot of time to ramp up the campaign. Um, hopefully, uh, my reflections on a um, an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to Parliament is um, what can I say? It would be it would be amazing if we were successful on the 14th of October. Absolutely amazing for Aboriginal people to be recognised and more importantly, our cultures uh, can be recognised in Australia's constitution. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd, I would actually encourage everyone to think about it. And uh, when you're in the polling booth, when you're actually in the polling booth, there's only you and your conscience in there with you. Um, and, you know, walk with us and vote yes. It would be amazing. Yeah. Many commentators, especially ones in the No campaign, say that the voice does not go far enough. And I've heard uh, even from some of the proponents of the Uluru Statement from the Heart uh, that, uh, yeah, the voice uh, is uh, not the strongest demand. And uh, some even considers that... Uh, it's not a top uh, priority. It comes maybe number three in the top priorities. Um, I don't know who's saying that. Um, I know the opposition basically say it doesn't go far enough or we don't need a voice. But what's that saying? From little things, big things grow. Back in 1901... When the Constitution was written and became law, we as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were not counted. We weren't included in Australia's Constitution because Australia was declared terra nullius. So now we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to declare that, um, you know, to... Uh, even though the native title, um, uh, the High Courts declared, overturned the concept of terra nullius, 
Um, now it's time for action. So the High Court said that's not true. Australia was occupied by human beings when colonisation began. Um, so now it's time for action. We need that recognition in the Constitution. And by the way, those who think that the voice is just an advisory committee, um, it is not just an advisory committee. It will be able to challenge governments and challenge their thinking and they will be able to speak to Parliament directly. And that is power in itself, don't you think? Yeah, it's power and uh, it's good you actually go back to the uh, Constitution 1901, 1st of January 1901, when Aboriginal uh, people were not even considered uh, as human beings in that Constitution. And also you mentioned uh, the native title. And uh, one thing that uh, came out in our recent discussion with uh, some legal experts and historians is that even achievements that have been uh, uh, you know some positive uh, achievements through native title, for instance. They get the the, the the positive aspects get rolled back by successive governments. So a voice would be something to really enshrine some solid foundation for a dialogue and working together with the First Nations people. Basically, you 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 said it um, um, uh, very simply, and that's fantastic because that's what it is. You know, it's it's not um, it's not about you know no Australian citizen is going to have to give up anything to achieve a successful referendum, and for our, our peoples to have a voice to Parliament, no one misses out on anything, and no one has to give up anything. If anything, Australia gains sixty thousand years of wisdom and. Um, but the other thing is, from a health perspective, it is proven, there is research out there that actually says, you know, uh, when Aboriginal people are at the table in making decisions and influencing those decisions, we get better outcomes. And I can sit here all day and tell you about some of the projects that have been very successful, but it's not, we don't do it at a national level. We have to have that voice to Parliament and it has to be in the Constitution for a number of reasons. One is so that uh, it can't be gotten rid of at the whim of any political party and two, it's the rest of the country acknowledging that we are the first peoples here uh, and that cannot be denied. So we want it written into into the rule book that we were. So, you know... Um, it's as simple as that. So nothing, no one's backyards are under threat, by the way. Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation out there about uh, what uh, the voice to parliament will bring about if it's uh, voted on positively, uh, that uh, major changes will be made, there will be uh, some kind of uh, third chamber or have very power over the parliament. But discussions have to be made and uh, ultimately it's uh, the parliament that uh, has... Uh, the last word. Exactly. So the Parliament still have the power, by the way. Um, that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's a very modest ask. It is time for Australia to grow and for Australia to evolve. Um, and this is only the very first step for this to happen. And it's a small step, but at the same time, it's also a giant step. Yeah.
and because uh, you talk very eloquently about voice because you've been active in the community as an elder and uh, you've lived through a lot of the things we're talking about like uh, native title uh, how it was uh, how it came about and uh, the role backed by successive governments of uh, the positive achievements of the marble case uh, in uh, the high court mm. but the younger generations those who are born after all these events in the 80s 90s they'll be voting now but they've got no idea and with the misinformation uh, and uh, my next question actually just stemming from uh, what I'm just saying now is the role of elders in informing the younger generations and uh, steering everyone to vote um, in the right way yeah the role of elders that's been impacted on a great deal due to the brutality of colonization so um Prior to colonisation happening in this country, elders, they were our politicians. They were our, um, our um, you know, our, our people who guided the clans and the tribes and the mobs. <clears throat> but colonisation impacted on that. And then, of course, we got a uh, colonised, um, you know, structure here in this country. And yes, We're all Australians and we all live here and we've evolved and we've moved. Um, But we can never forget that um, there was was and still is ancient cultures that occupied this continent. Um, And we have a lot to offer in the evolution of this country um, for... when, when When you look at... On a global platform, when you look at, you hear about the ancient Greeks, you even learn about them in schools, and you know about the Egyptians and how old the uh, pyramids are, but no one learns about our ancient cultures here that belongs to all Australians, and all Australians should be proud of that ancient culture where if you travel to America or Canada or wherever you go on this planet, you can hold your head high as an Australian and say, we also have an ancient culture in our country and they are recognised and they bring a lot to our tables. That would be amazing. Can you imagine that? No, that would be really, really great. And the role of elders uh, is uh, something you'll be celebrating, actually, virtually celebrating elders yes. in less than uh, five weeks' time. Can you tell us about uh, the upcoming Elders Summit? Yes, yeah, so the upcoming Elders Summit. And I know our elected voice here in Victoria, the First People's Assembly of Victoria, are also developing an Elders Council to help guide the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria. So that's really important, and I know they're doing a lot of work in this space. But VATCHO has a peak body for health. We, you know, I I don't remember the last time we've actually brought our elders together to have a conversation as a collective right across the state of Victoria. So this Elders Summit coming up on the 3rd and 4th of October is about doing that, having conversations on a whole range of things, whether it would be the voice, whether it would be um, the constitutional reform, whether it would be aged care, what's happening in the aged care space. 
You know, there's all these reforms happening out of the Commonwealth Government because of the um, Royal Commission into aged care. There's going to be big changes. So bringing our elders and our older people together to understand what those changes are and how it impacts on us. And hear their voice. Yeah. Yeah. I was discussing with other people again about our voice because it is just occupying a lot of space. And what we noticed is uh, the most vocal, actually, opponents or even uh, supporters of voice, the voices we hear the most are those of the youngsters because they're on all these platforms, on LinkedIn, on uh, Instagram, everywhere. But the elders' voice is kind of uh, in the background, not quite heard. Yeah, that's simply because... Our elders, like my mum, and if you look at my mother, and Frances Gallagher, who turned 97 last Saturday, um, wow. and she 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 was born she was born in an era where it wasn't safe to be black. So she she experienced the missions and she experienced all the racism and the hate and everything else that our people copped in this country that we had to cope with. Um, um, when you look at her, during lockdown, it became very evident that, of course, our elders, they weren't brought up with technology. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my mum, when she first saw the word Wi-Fi, she saw it written, she thought it was Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, to get them to use a mobile phone, let alone a, 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 you know, a, um, a home phone, uh, is really difficult. Although some of them are very astute uh, in that space, but not a lot. So having access to that technology and understanding it and how to use it, of course their voices aren't heard. So we've got to elevate their voices. We've got to work out how we do that. Because they've got a lot of wisdom to impart, but uh, we need to find a way uh, of uh, bringing the oral culture back into the forefront and make sure that uh, the conversations and the knowledge is passed on from one generation to another. That's correct. Auntie Jill Gallagher, before I let you go, any closing thoughts or something important you may want to bring to the attention of our listeners today? I just want to encourage all citizens who are at voting age, uh, please vote yes.